We start Tales of the Jedi on today's episode of Tapcalf Transmissions. And by the way, a bit of a programming update. Next week, this upcoming Thursday, we'll be doing Brotherhood, the new Star Wars novel by Mike Chen. With that being said, let's roll the intro. To another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast that doesn't refer to itself as the only Star Wars podcast anymore. I am your host, Corey, and joining me as always is my other host, Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing, Mr. Ladder? You kind of went on in on me a little raw there. Like there was like 30 seconds of silence before you did the intro. I wasn't sure what was I, going on. I, I was I gonna even start see before, you. but you were like drinking, so I I I gave you time to finish your gulping, but I think the gulping was caught in the in the initial parts of the audio. So I I don't know. I figured Sound Monkey will get it. Sound Monkey will get it. Well, I, I figured like we we'd done the count in for the for the Audacity recording, so anything was fair game. It's just I I saw the the cup go up to your lips, and I figured it was all mm. it was all over. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. See, you know, I just did that. Okay, so should should we do, like, do you want to tell the fine people what's going on today? Well, today we are going to be talking about our first comic series in a while. We're going to start off mm. on Tales of the Jedi, which has a bunch of different arcs. Today we are doing all the issues of the Golden Age of the Sith arc, and we'll probably work those in throughout the Yuuzhan Vong War. Mm -hmm. um, we decided to do this partially because there is uh, there's some new Tales of the Jedi television content coming up it's almost certainly going to have nothing to do with uh with the comics but the the name works yeah. out so the seo is there yeah um you're right probably nothing to do i, I think the the one that the guest that i've heard for the the series will be anthology mm -hmm. probably a lot of clone war stuff unfortunately and people are like oh you hate the clone wars no i don't hate the clone wars but for people our age especially like, we've been getting a lot of Clone Wars stuff yeah. for a long time. Um, I never understand when people are like, we need more Clone Wars stuff. Like, that's what we've been getting for 20 years. <laughs> like, you are you are getting very defensive in this argument with yourself, I will say. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of a Clone War, almost. Wow. Uh, it's against myself. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I do think there there's been a lot of Clone Wars, especially with, like... Uh, even the Bad Batch coming up, which is technically not the Clone Wars, but it's about clones in a war, and there's probably going to be another scene of a Jedi somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. But it, I, I don't imagine that all of it's going to be Clone Wars. There's probably going to be some Clone Wars stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm okay it, with some. I just, if it's all Clone Wars, like, this is what, you know, Obi-Wan's cousin's pet keepers jedi nephew did like i'm gonna be a little annoyed with that i'd think that's kind of interesting like obi-wan's cousin's pet keepers nephew was a jedi did, did they know each other did they know this relationship existed no i mean that's like four degrees of separation so it's not as close as you'd think well i don't know how many degrees of separation 
being someone's pet keeper actually counts as? Like, is it just in the Kevin Bacon? It depends sense if you've it? only. Like, well, it depends if you've only met the pet or not. Like, like if I've got a pet right. keeper who comes and we do a faceless handoff, then it's like there's a full, right. you know, two degrees between us or whatever. But if you know I'm handing off my my wrath tar to him every day, then we're we're immediately next to each other. Yeah. So so the a pet an animal can count as a, a single degree of separation is what we're saying here. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. does it? Well, he's like the facilitator, right? Yeah, yeah but if if I see a bird and then like Joe Biden sees a bird two days later, not to get political, but does that mean I'm then one degree separate or two degrees separated from Joe Biden? It depends how well Joe Biden and you know the bird. Okay. Like if you if you just see the bird, no. But if it's like like if this is a you, pigeon that comes up and eats in front of us, does that count? Because I'm no. assuming. If no. it's a parrot that comes up to each of us and says something obscene, then that probably counts because that's a conversation you're having with that bird. That's a lot closer yet. Yeah. I think it depends whether it's back and forth. But All right, so anyway. all of this and more discussion of relevant Star Wars topics in today's TapCaf transmissions. Yep. Um, and next week, I guess, we'll be back to the Yuzhan Vong, Yes, I Agents assume. of Chaos, Jedi... Heroes Trial? Jedi... One of the the first one, yeah, one of those. Uh, it'll also be the last week for Halo, so maybe we'll have a brief conversation about that. I assume. Yeah, uh, we could technically do another whole week on Halo. I have not kept up with the show for the last no, few me weeks because uh, I I started rewatching it with Dana, and she's mm-hmm. uh, she's been gone, so we're mm-hmm. still behind on that. I don't want to watch it twice within the same week, and we started watching Umbrella Academy instead, so. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, there's one big moment that if you're a Halo fan, you're going to be spoiled of, most likely, from this most recent episode. Well, if I you're the watching one... this podcast, you probably saw Justin tweet about it already. Like, I don't know how many people there are that are, like, that separated, because I'm sure you've, you're have you probably yeah. making a video about it right now while we're doing the podcast. No, I, I've I've been too hard on Halo lately, so I'm, I'm taking a break. Uh, if it was a good episode, because I, I did actually watch this one. Um, if it was an episode I liked, I was going to cover it. I didn't really like it, so it's going to be a skip for me. Okay, um, fair enough. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I, I did tweet about it. Uh, like When it comes to spoilers, usually my my uh, thing is I'll wait a week. Or I'll go by, like, for The Mandalorian, I'll start tweeting spoilers or using spoilers in my video titles when uh, the official marketing does. Right. But... For this, it was like everybody was talking about this thing, so I had to make a couple of little jokes about it. Not a huge... It wasn't a huge spoiler anyway, but, yeah. If you've watched the episode, you probably know the moment I'm talking about. <laughs> Alright, uh, any other Star Wars news to talk about before we uh, before we get into Tales of the Jedi? Like, there there was the leak of Jedi Fallen Order 2's title mm, yeah. uh, from Jeff Grubb. Who is usually very reliable with his leaks? Um, yeah, it is going to be. This probably isn't a real spoiler. Like it's just no. a name of the game. But uh, Jedi Survivor is apparently going to be the title there. But like you were even saying when Fallen Order mm-hmm. One was announced, like they were st- still drawing up the promotional yeah, images while you're all in the I was going to mention that. Yeah. So I was at. I was with EA. Um, when we we did like a really early play test of the game at right. E3, I think that would have been 2018 maybe. 
Um, but yeah, they were actually still, they didn't have the title set until the day of, um, and I was talking to like some of the, the, the fallen order as we now know people and yeah, they had a bunch of titles. Um, some of it I think was kind of conversations with Lucasfilm. Um, but it was pretty clear to me that they were like, one thing that it seemed to me is that they were trying to kind of invoke the, uh, Jedi Knight style of title from the past games where you know you have jedi fallen order and for a sequel you could you know continue cal's story with jedi it's survivor right that's the new one yeah or yeah jedi survivor or if you wanted to you could just do jedi something completely different kind of like um jedi knight did with the, there was jedi outcast and jedi academy yeah. um which kyle katarn was in both but in jedi academy obviously it's it's a different story well, they've always referred to the to the franchise as uh, as the Jedi franchise in their mm-hmm. uh, other announcements of stuff and in the job listings and stuff like being on the Jedi yeah. team. <clears throat> yeah. So makes sense. Yep. Uh, the only thing that I saw was let me just see here. I actually just checked the Star Wars leak subreddit. Apparently, there's a new audiobook coming out or an audio production. I haven't actually. Have you listened to any of those yet? They're pretty good. No. Um, I think sometimes the, I have the script for what is it? The Master or not Tempest Master Runner? Prime. Tempest Runner. Yeah. they sent us the script thing for. But, mm-hmm. but I think that Speaking was. If we got those. Brotherhood, we should probably read at some point. Yeah, I, I have been looking forward to reading that because it's apparently very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm not sure when we'd be able to fit that in. We could technically do that before uh, getting back to the, the NJO next week, but. Yeah, we could. Maybe yes. that's something to consider. Like, for me, it was. I I think it is going to be good. I I actually do like. I know I was kind of joking about this at the beginning, but I do feel Clone Wars burnout. Um. So, but okay, I so I think this not. book's gonna be good. No, no I know. I I kind of do want to read it anyway. It's just kind of why I haven't been like, like when that new Lando Luke book comes out. Like that's gonna be. I want to read that kind of day one. Right. But uh, for this, like, yeah, I think maybe maybe we should do this next week. Let me see how long it is. I've got it right in front of me. It's like three hundred pages. Uh, but I think, like, yeah, I think it covers it? their relationship earlier than the Clone Wars as well. So, like, the, is your mm-hmm. is your Clone Wars burnout a, like a, a burnout on those three years with a bunch of Timura Morrison's running around, or <clears> is no, it a burnout on the prequel era? Generally? It was the it was the prequel era in general. Okay. Um, I also just kind of found I don't know why, but I never really found the. Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff and Anakin stories super compelling, which I don't know why. I guess because it always felt somewhat limited in the story they could tell. That being said, I am open to this book, and I think it could be really good. So let's let's, let's do that next week then. All right, we'll do we'll do Brotherhood next week. NJO, Mister uh, uh, Mister Lucino can wait one yeah, more cycle. To, yeah, that week or the week after, depending on if we. Need a comic break. I don't think... The, uh, the NJO books are pretty easy to read. They're pretty short. Yeah, I think the two Lucina ones are relatively short as well. Or it's just very mm-hmm. thin paper. But we'll have to we'll have to check. We'll see how we're <laughs> feeling next next week. Uh, I know I crushed uh, both the Dark Tide books, I think, in pretty much one sitting each. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an especially dense series until you get to Star by Star, I think. But mm-hmm. Yep. Dense yeah, and lengthy. I think that's pretty much it for the news i mean celebration is coming up very soon um i'm sure we'll have more to talk about there uh, we should probably before celebration do a kind of big predictions episode or at least work that in 
Um, yeah. but, but is there kind of right now anything that you are like a wish, one well, wish that you hope for? for in celebration? two weeks, it's going to be the 26th, right? So that's going to be Kenobi, right? Yes. So it's that, Kenobi 26, 27. Yeah. It's one it's of, those one of them. When I imagine yeah. if it's Kenobi coming up, we'd probably reschedule to the Friday if we had to, to do it. Oh so. yeah. A good call on that. And, and yeah, celebration is the 26th as well. So. Uh, yeah. I I don't know that they've ever really done like the stuff that I'm looking forward to most right now is actually uh, more on the video game side. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I really want to know more about the Bit Reactor game, the the like XCOM style turn based tactics game. So I'll just tell the chat about that for a while. Nope, never mind. Uh, but that that's what I'm looking forward to most right now is the the game stuff because we have eight mm -hmm. games announced. And almost nothing that we know about any of them. Whereas the shows, like, they're all starting to chug along all right. Like, I'm not really looking for news for a lot of them anymore. I'm more mm -hmm. just waiting for them to actually come out. Maybe if we get an announcement on when Bad Batch is starting, because uh, it feels a bit strange that we haven't heard anything about that yet. But mm -hmm. th that's really where I'm looking for. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I agree with the games. Just to be different, though... I I don't know if this is a stretch or not. I really would like another season of Book of Boba Fett um, and Star Wars Visions. And I, I think the Visions thing, right. from what I've heard, is very, very likely. Um, so, yeah. This would be my two kind of wants. I can see that. I, I'm not sure. Like, I wouldn't hate getting another Book of Boba Fett season. I just, I don't know that we will. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Of all the shows that we've had so far, had announced, that'd be the one that I'm like least convinced we're getting more of directly because it was already kind of treated as like mandalorian interlude so i feel like mm -hmm. anything else that they want to do with boba in that is probably going to be oh din goes and collects his friend boba from tatooine who <laughs> says a sentence about how he's uh set up spice running back to kessel or whatever he mm -hmm. plans to do with his underworld thing like he feels like he's mm -hmm. going to be more of a supporting character in other stuff now rather than taking the focus in his own show because he didn't do that the first time either yeah, I guess I agree that you that you are probably right. I just don't think it has to be that way. Like, I think they could tell now after season one a more self-contained story, and then that would be okay. Where, like, not everything has to be... Even though kind of Boba Fett's considered a part of the Mandoverse, like, not every character in the Mandoverse has to be, you know, in the Mandoverse. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. It'll be maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, and then we'll probably have some news to talk about the week after that when we start covering Kenobi. Uh, so we'll figure out exactly how we're going to handle all that coming up. I don't want to push NJO stuff off for too long because that'll be like a month between the mm -hmm. shows. So we'll have to see how that works. But yeah, uh, yeah so you want to get into Tales of the Jedi, or is there anything else you want to cover quickly before we? No, I think that's pretty much it. Um, right. so, so yeah, so we did Tales of the Jedi, Golden Age of the Sith. This is the first chronological, um, series in Tales of the Jedi. It's about 5,000 years, uh, BBY. However, it's, I think the third, maybe, of the comic arcs actually released. It was, I think, 96, 97, uh, where the first ones were earlier in the 90s. Yeah. So that was, that was, I'm not gonna say, I, I, it's been a long time since I've read Tales of the Jedi, I'm kind of curious, and most people that I've read suggested that you start chronologically. 
But I'm kind of wondering whether maybe kind of the earlier comics do a better job of introducing you to the era overall. Yeah, because it's like Tales of the Jedi is the name of the third arc in the Tales of the Jedi stuff, right? So right. Yeah. Uh, this and then the next one, Fall of the Sith Empire, were released mm-hmm. significantly after. And there's actually some yeah, stuff that... about uh, three years. Yeah, they, uh, this sets up a lot of background for stuff that is pretty heavily discussed in Tales of the Jedi as well. But mm-hmm. I think some of it ends up being a little bit different from how it turned out to be in uh, mm-hmm. in Golden Age of the Sith when it ultimately came out. So that'll be something for us to to look at a bit once look we get into yeah. Tales of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I didn't I don't know that it would really help if we had done it the other way around. Mm-hmm. Have you read all the way through? Tales of the Jedi before, because I've read individual issues mm. from among the different arcs, but I've never actually read the whole thing. I, it's something that I may have done, but like, I I probably read through all of like the actual Tales of the Jedi, like the the volume, but I, I haven't read all the Tales of the Jedi comics. Like, right. there's a lot of them. I think I was reading that there's like two thousand pages in total, maybe if that's right. I don't know. Yeah. This was, these six issues, technically is issue zero through five, uh, they were about 30 pages each, so mm-hmm. 26, 27 pages each, so mm-hmm. the whole thing being that long makes sense. Yes. There's, even compared to Dark Empire, though, we were talking about this beforehand, it is a bit shorter, and there's mm-hmm. uh, there's less dialogue, it seems like, than than what yeah one thing they're not scared to do we see this in issue five especially and in issue one or two they will have pages of just art which i actually appreciated like the final battle we get um in issue five they've got lots of pages where there's mostly just art um the duel in issue one or two mostly just art so i kind of appreciated the time that they 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 let the thing breathe which was which was nice so basically this is setting up how the uh, how the Republic and Sith empires kind of discovered each other and leads into the Great Hyperspace War, which is what we get in the Fall of the Sith Empire. I believe it's all contained in the mm. Fall of the Sith Empire comics. Yeah, because then, then it's a time jump. Yeah. So we've yeah. got a few comics here setting up uh, Jory and Gab Darigan. Yeah, and, that's uh, like issue zero. Did you yeah. read issue zero, by the way? I did. Yeah. Did you skip it? Nope, no, I read it. Okay, cool. So we set up who they are. They're these uh, hyperspace explorer wannabes, though they... I really like them as characters. I thought they were a lot of fun. Yeah, they're staying with their parents at first, and their parents are uh, basically like long haulers, freighter flyers, mm-hmm. and they're working for the hot Arba. Uh, unfortunately, their parents die unnecessarily running supplies to a base that had already been liberated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and- in the Jedi Battle Meditation on Koros Major, which is a pretty major, uh, or in the Empress Tita system now, which is a pretty major system in the Deep Core. Um, I thought that was I thought that was cool. Kind of explain the naming and stuff too. Yeah, because the the Empress Tita is around right now. Yeah. yeah, so that plays a really important role in a lot of the early Republic stuff, especially or this period of the Republic stuff, especially. Mm-hmm. So uh, we set up who those characters are for a few uh, for a few of the issues. And then they decide they want to really make a name for themselves. They're kind of run off of uh, Empress Tita. And they end up stumbling across the Sith on Korriban. So this is where we get the uh, 
the succession war between Ludo Kresh and uh, Negasato. Mm-hmm. So they Negasato sees their arrival as a way to find their way back to the Republic and take it over. Ludo Kresh thinks it's all a trap and they're all going to die. And basically the, the last few issues tell the story of how uh, Negasato uh, takes over the Sith. So that's the summary for anyone who hasn't read mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and this the Sith are actually a little bit bigger than you might think, too. Um, yeah. Sometimes in this era, they're portrayed as just kind of only being on Korriban, um, but they're, in fact, much larger. They've got maybe a few dozen planets kind of in the unknown regions, um, and they've got, you know, their, their capital is on... Uh, which planet is the capital? The capital is on Zyos, and then Korriban Zyos, is like right. an important ceremonial world. Yeah. But uh, Negasato, and I always f- forget if I'm saying the right name there. Like, I I want to say, like, Negasato, Frieda, Nad, and Agenda Paul all at once, but if Paul is earlier, Frieda, mm-hmm. Nad's later. Uh, so it mm-hmm. is Negasato. But yeah. he says, like, oh, you each have dozens of worlds to the different Sith Lords. Use yep. that to end. That's probably not an exact amount. So they're probably in the hundreds of worlds overall from all the sith lords not to mention however many the head in the jar is commanding so <laughs> yeah he was fun there was a head in the jar then there was also a jedi brain in the jar in uh in issue zero which was fun well master uru or not, is at least, not uh, a, yeah he's not in a jar is he? he's just a he yeah he his brain species swims in a different uh different type of atmosphere like they they can't live in in oxygen so he's kind of like mm-hmm. cocoon but less mobile so he got mm-hmm. he's got to stand in a jar the whole time, uh, it, and he dies very sadly later on. Spoiler alert! But yeah, but the the other guy, Seamus, I think his name is like he mm-hmm. is literally just a dude who lost a duel to ne- to uh, Marco Ragnos, and, and he's just still just, kicking around. Yeah, he just didn't die from it. He's like, nope, it's I'm like good. Futurama style, <laughs> and everyone just like respects this head in a jar so much. Yeah, the Sith aren't particularly like Sithy in a way. The most Sith thing we get is Negasato and Marco Ragnos, or, or sorry, Negasato and, and Ludo Crush are kind of dueling for the, because there is there there's it's not like the you know rule of two is is not introduced at this point, mm-hmm. it's kind of just a thing where there's a Dark Lord of the Sith like the the ultimate Sith Lord and then there's the underlings, um, <clears throat> and one thing that I thought was a little weird too is it seems like so the the Sith and you gotta remember this came out in ninety six and um. Tales of the Jedi started in 93. This is all still very new and kind of like what it, the Sith were because yeah, the prequels for a lot, aren't out yet. Exactly. Um, you might remember uh, viewers and listeners that uh, Timothy Zahn wanted the Nogri to be Sith. So they were mentioned and the Sith were mentioned by name in the novelization, um, but no one really knew what they were. Dark Jedi were kind of what would morph, morph into Sith in a way. But, um, the Sith in this and what we learn are a species that were on the planet Korriban. Um, and I, I, th- I thought it was a bit weird because it seemed to me that um, at one point Nagasato was suggesting that Ludo Kresh was some like was like a sullied Sith hybrid. But when he clearly is as well, did you? Yeah, I, I think like there was a period where they were unclear whether Nagasato was going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. human or a sith hybrid because i think he's the one on the cover of like uh yeah. issue three where he looks kind of like a a creepy danny devito <laughs> yeah but like he's clearly got the little sith like 
things on his face and he's red so yeah like if you, there it is in uh like it is issue three no mm-hmm. issue two technically which is the third one but i think the dude on the right with like the weird beard is supposed to be negasato Ah, uh, okay, and, and he does look more human-like. Yeah, because the stuff that turns into, like, the Sith tendrils... No, wait, the guy in front of him is supposed to be... Yeah, either way. It, I think... Is that Gav, maybe? No, does Gav have a beard? I don't know who the front no. one is. Like, the front one looks like it, it's supposed to be sat out. The, the cover art's wild. But I don't know who the <laughs> other person is supposed to be in that case. And I definitely don't know who the dragon is. I think that's supposed to be the Jedi, like, the, the archivist Jedi who goes to... Yeah. But it, it's... It, yeah, it's it's a thing. Do be cover like art that, is yeah. is amazing for for all of these comics. Yeah, like that's where you yeah. get David Bowie, Luke from Dark Empire. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, not great. Um, what did you think of the art overall, though? Because the art, the Tales of the Jedi as a whole, has a very has a very unique art style. Yeah, which I actually personally really like. Um, I think it's nice to have the distinction between the old Republic stuff or like the the stuff of this era, and then, um. And then the kind of the newer stuff. And I think that's something that maybe Kodor misses out on a bit. Yeah, I like it overall, but I don't like Coruscant's portrayal very much. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like that, that. Like, I understand why you'd have, like, the different architectural styles for uh, the Impostata system. And then the the way that Korriban is set up. It, it makes sense there. But then when it gets applied to Coruscant and there's just a bunch of people building all these. Uh, all Pyramids the same buildings that look like they're from the other two systems. It's just like on stacks See, of... my guess is stuff. that's because that's kind of what Coruscant looked like in the Return of the Jedi concept art. Mm. Um, when it was... Um, what was it called again? Uh, Revenge of the Jedi? No, the, what, 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 what was Coruscant... What did George Lucas call Coruscant oh, again? Fuck. Like the city plan? Um, Something... Con- Cor- 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 uh, shit. Why am I forgetting this? Um... Some of the chat's got it now. I just I, I gotta figure this out because it's gonna drive me kind of crazy. God, it's just coming up with Had the, Abaddon. Had Abaddon. One. I don't know why I forgot that, but anyway, had the the concept art for Had Abaddon has a lot of the kind of big pyramid structures. Yeah. Um. So I assume maybe that's what they're referencing, but you're right. Like, <clears throat> it, it's a pretty, it's an obvious kind of thing to do. You use egypt because that's what any like anybody who thinks egypt in our you know real world thinks ancient um especially well they actually GPIs had to is... one of the few art things that they were told to redo by lucasfilm was uh i think marco ragnos's sarcophagus because it just it was too clearly ripping off egypt mm-hmm. so i don't know what it looked like before that like now it's now it's okay, but before it Bro, like tootin' commons, because too... coming with the cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me royalties! Is is Marco Ragnos ever alive in anything? Like, is it the most alive I was, he gets? I was just trying to think of that, and I don't think so. Um, like, I think the most alive he gets is when he's possessing Tavion. That's it. Uh, or Rosh, one of them. Yeah, I don't... Like, we see him lots of times in kind of a spirit form... I think he's in spirit form in one of the like I don't because this isn't his first appearance. No. Um. As I think so, I think he's in spirit form in other places. But one thing I do think it's cool is how um, Knights of the Old Republic it loses a lot from this era. It doesn't maintain a lot, but it does keep the Sith. 
like Mark Aragnos. I think you could probably go to his tomb. Uh, same with you mentioned Ajunta Paul. Kind of, I don't, I don't think Ludo Kresh. I don't think he's in it at all. But Negasadao. I, I think you can go to all those guys' uh, tombs. I remember the idea of these ancient Sith lords on on course on Korriban when I first played Knights of the Little Republic was so interesting to me because it's like you're already in this ancient era that you'd never been to before. Cause I, I hadn't read the, the comics before I played Kodor for the first time. Um, and then there's all these other, even more like kind of long dead Sith. I remember going to my, before I had a computer or I had a computer, but I remember going to the library and like just typing all those, all the Sith names on the yeah. computer, just trying to find books for them. <laughs> yeah. Like Marco Ragnos gets a lot of play in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. He's got to be the most, uh, him and Exarkun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he's like Exar Kun's grand great granddaddy of the Sith or something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because a lot comes down through Negasato and Ludo Crash, but mm-hmm. yeah. he he gets too much credit. He doesn't he doesn't do enough. Like he he comes in. So we should probably talk about the earlier uh, Jory and Gav like setup issues first. But when sure. Ludo Crash and Negasato are having their duel. Then Marco Ragnos comes in and stops them with his warning about like, ah, oh, you must figure out what to do. It's the most non. There's no yeah. informational value in what he says, other than the fact that like, hey, I'm I'm back from beyond the dead. I'm a ghost. I'm going to yeah. tell you make the right decisions, not the wrong decisions. Yeah, he makes <laughs> everything way about? worse because he appears right before the the Jedi or not the Jedi right right before the ship shows up. So everyone kind of. In, interprets his warning in their own way, which leads to uh, a pretty big civil war among the Sith, which is, for those who haven't read this comic, you don't actually see the Sith fight the Republic in this. The Sith are only fighting amongst themselves, uh, and it kind of ends sort of on a cliffhanger with them, uh, with uh, with Marco Ragnos, or, or sorry, I'm going to keep saying Marco Ragnos, with um, Negasado uh, kind of winning and getting ready to attack the Republic. Yeah, because uh, he's he's managed to make the Masasi warriors loyal to him, which mm-hmm. is helpfully explained to us in two frames where it first yeah. says loyalty <laughs> needs to be earned. And then the next frame is I have earned their loyalty <laughs> like, and they're sick, by the way. Love it. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. <laughs> why, why choose showing or telling when you can do both in the same thing, but not actually show. But yeah, uh, but yeah so to, to jump back to the to the start. Uh, I was a bit unclear on Jory and Gav's ages. Like they, they seem like they're probably in their mid twenties, but they're also living with their yeah. parents. So it's really foreshadowing the the modern economic situation that a lot of us <laughs> face. So it's it, it's yeah. good to see that generational solidarity. Yeah, I maybe it's also like the thing where like people from the nineties and the eighties just look older. Like you look back at the old high school yearbooks, and it's like that guy had a that guy had a beard. I think that guy was was an accountant at the same time. Are you sure you're not just thinking of like you watching Dawson's Creek and thinking that's what high schoolers looked like in the in the eighties? It 90s? could be the the worst thing for that has got to be Greece, where it's got like clearly just like old men. <laughs> <laughs> like I forget what's is it Kanicki the not Kanicki? Oh, what's have you ever seen Greece? Yeah. What's the guy's, the really old one? Ah, oh, maybe it is Kaniki, but yeah, they, they just got clearly just ancient people playing these teenagers. From Nagasato to five o'clock shadow. 
yeah, exactly exactly but they're they're not allowed to go anywhere their parents are uh it seems like they're almost debt slaves to mm. to this hut but mm-hmm. it, they they really try to make it seem like oh this hut is really a a nice person the whole time like he's, mm. he's just he's just doing what's good for business i mean by hut standards not bad um but i mean like the hut the hut doesn't send well to be fair he does kind of like almost get the kids killed but you know he gives them multiple chances and stuff uh also i it was it was sunny that i was thinking of for greece uh who's played by uh who's he played by anyway the the guy that played him was 32 years old (laughs) well look at uh look at buffy where they're like early on in high school i think when the show starts but mm-hmm. the guy who played Xander was like twenty nine, and like all the other actors and actresses were like mid twenties at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, nothing better than a you cast a high school student and it's someone who's like been through menopause or <laughs> a man who's probably not allowed to go near high schools for whatever reason. <laughs> Who's probably older than a lot of high school teachers, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my sister's a teacher, and she's uh, she's not a high school teacher, but she's a teacher, and she's 28. So that, that to me, is like the I'm getting old thing when I realize, like, a lot of my friends are teachers, and, like, yeah. my age or younger. But. Yeah, like, so many of my friends who, like, stayed in our hometown became teachers. Like, you're, if you stay in Niagara, you're either a teacher, a nurse, or a drug dealer, mm-hmm. and most of my friends chose category one and two a few went into three and like good for them but Mm -hmm. uh those are the only reason you stay and just that's most of the of the teaching staff right now and they're all younger than these actors were it it makes me feel incredible yeah they've all got snapchat and (laughs) like i I know what you were all doing 10 years ago how are you in charge of these kids Dude, I know what some of these guys are doing on the weekend. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> well, a lot of them I haven't talked to in a while, so I, I don't know what they're on. I think the weirdest moment of my life was when... Well, not the weirdest. As as a young... As a kid, it was grade six. We went to this camp This like... At the end of the end of elementary school, which for ends us, in grade six. Camp Wahanawin. Go on. It was Camp, camp Mush Mush for us. Um... And I remember I was sick, sick, not actually sick. I was probably like homesick or whatever. And I was kind of tore up because the girl who was going to go to grade six prom with me ended up saying she wanted to go with my friend instead. So, you know, you know, I was just, I was, what's that? Was was that like because they connected on the camp trip or that's why you were staying home? Because you know, it's because they connected. No, I didn't stay home. I went on the trip, but you know. At one point, I got homesick, so I went to like the where the teachers all were. They had like this okay. their own cabin, and when I went there, and it, it felt really late. It was probably like nine o'clock. They were all like listening to music and eating nachos and stuff. I specifically remember for some reason them taking out um, nachos, and I'm like, these teachers are real people. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? And like they're drinking beer and stuff, and that was just like a that was just the the moment as a kid where my perceptions on the world were shattered like for me one of my student teachers in uh i think grade three we had a student teacher which is like the earliest i'd ever had one Mm -hmm. and it was really early it was my babysitter 
Oh, so, that's like, weird. She was our neighbor, so she'd babysit us all the time. And then she was the student teacher in my class. It's like, wait, <laughs> why are these teachers from the outside world? <laughs> my, uh, my, my mom used to be a chaperone. And so there was one trip where my mom chaperoned. Um, my grandmother came along. Somebody in the school who I was unrelated to, but had the same last name, went along. And my teacher had the same last name. So there were there were four Miss Eckhart's ladders on the trip. And it was just... <laughs> it is weird that that's your legal name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like you did your whole video on where you got your name. And then you never even mentioned that. You made up some bullshit about movies like Jacob's Ladder and... Uh, nope. Just, yep. just lazy. <laughs> I just dox myself every time i put a video out <laughs> anytime charlie streams your facebook conversations <laughs> but yeah so we yep. we we enter in the middle of the uh of the unification wars on Empresita. that's how it kind of opens because we have the jedi story and we have the jory and gav board at home story and they connect it's like the because, very end of the wars yeah Sorry. yeah because there's only one holdout planet left kirik which uh they actually forgot to put in some of the wizards of the coast uh, guide for the system hope so, someone was fired for that blunder <laughs> it's never actually been resolved the most that's been said is just assume it's an older name for one of the planets they never really bothered to, to say which one but okay. uh but yeah so there's like this giant storm of ships coming from the sky because there's one of the empress tita loyalist strongholds is being surrounded by rebels we don't mm -hmm. really get to the whole thing about like oh did how 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 popular is this unification effort versus mm -hmm. how much of it is just uh an imperialist war of conflict yeah yeah but, they're like it's good for the economy and the jedi are like that's good enough for me let's use battle meditation yeah. so yeah odin ur uh introduces us to this concept he's discovered called battle meditation it's used mm -hmm. to to win the battle he seems to have no problem with this at first but then he sees the one freighter crash with two people dead in it that were technically not even really in the battle uh mm -hmm. the, the Darragon parents who again didn't really need to be there like you don't need to run supplies yeah. to the now liberated thing he's like this is this is horrible i will never take part in a battle again because those like, two died maybe you shouldn't have just like jumped in with the battle meditation like first thing anyway like i don't know maybe not yeah. great how did he develop this if he in no was a a great battle tactic if he'd never really been in battle before and didn't have well, any interest in it afterwards? He's described as somewhat of a scholar, so maybe yeah. he yeah, maybe he read about it. I will say I did like that he was a non human Jedi. Yeah. Um and his design is really cool too, because he's like he's like kind of reptilian, but also not. Like yeah. he's He's kind of like a like a sea creature as well. He does like kill the the people who are going after Jory and Gav for so mm -hmm. Jory and Gav, uh, they they go from that to using the ship which their parents put up as collateral uh, mm -hmm. to Arba to try to pay off their debts and make some money. So they're trying to find new hyperspace routes. They find one that really sucks. They give yeah, it to awful. the guild, uh, and it's used by uh, total disaster. What's the guy's name? Horse? Cahor? Yeah. I guess Cahor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cahor hears about it. He's like, oh, that's fast. And everyone's like, hey, maybe maybe don't do that because you might die. And he says, no, dying is for idiots, not for mm -hmm. me. So he sends his ship out there anyways. 
shockingly it gets destroyed he gets pissed and wants to go after jory and gav and uh dav gav anyway mm-hmm. yeah uh, no. but yeah so the the jedi advisors to empress tita kind of see the the goons he's hired going after them and uh this includes odin ur and odin ur like slaughters the assassins so the other jedi tells him like hey that wasn't very jedi of you after odin ur mm-hmm. has already sworn off killing for the for war efforts like oh just get a little yeah, carried he, away sometimes yeah he's cool with just just smoking fools in person but <laughs> a freighter but, crash was too much for him but just slaughter the other people yeah also man he's got a really scary face and like he kind of uses they use the battle meditation in two ways where it's like um one is the hey you guys are all gonna win the battle and the other's like despair yeah um so seeing that kind of ugly fucking mug in my face would probably scare me as well yeah what did you think about uh to clock his who's that cahors little insectoid buddy because this was easily my favorite oh yeah yeah that was his little uh his little um Oh, Jiminy Cricket. I don't know what his yeah. species is, but yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, nice little detail. I, I, I like the art on it as well. Yeah, like I, I just love that. Literally everything Kahor does, the Taklock just looks absolutely shocked. Yeah, like, this is a whole new experience for him, and mm-hmm. I could look at those those scenes all day. Yeah, they're good stuff. Um. But yeah, the, the the Jedi are really not kind of huge in in this so much. Neither is the Republic. We really only get that kind of look on Coruscant, and then yeah. back to back to the Sith. But I'm assuming we're gonna get a lot more next comic. Yeah the the next comics will be uh, the the Great Hyperspace Wars. We'll see what Nagasato's forces end up doing. Uh, but he he does he basically rather than killing all the opposition he's basically positioned his uh, his loyalists to take over Ludo Kresh's fleet so he destroys mm-hmm. Ludo Kresh's ship but it seems like other than that most of the uh, most of the Sith fleet remains intact like they don't get too banged up from this was there um I, I couldn't tell if one, if there was there supposed to be a mutiny on one of the ships or yeah though so most of the yeah. most of the ships had mutinies where yeah. like the rest of the sith lords were killed off by their Masasi guards mm-hmm. which is what the the whole loyalty thing was setting up that mm-hmm. they're all loyal to negasato yeah and so like all the other sith lords are now dead he's kind of the the one remaining one or i there were probably some other ones who were loyal to him but i, I don't want to overshoot what could have been done in a in a source book here but <laughs> It's just he gets a lot of play to that dark side of the moon, doesn't he? Because that's where his yeah. fleet is. That's where his base is. Do we ever get names for? I, I think we get names for some of these ship classes, but not all of them. Uh, I really like the look of the Sith ships, though. I like the look of all the ships actually, but the Sith ones have a pretty cool kind of style to them. Yeah, there's at least the Derafin and the Supremacy class yeah. used for stuff. I don't think yeah. the there's kind of like the little, almost like Mandalorian looking ones as well. Yeah, because like the he... the fighters that kind of look like the Devabs. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, think... all the ships have kind of like a like some of them almost look like they 
they they don't have sails, but a lot of them almost look like they've got sails. They've got big fins. Um, it's just a really cool kind of style. Uh, and we don't really see that much. The only time we really see that in like modern Star Wars is a bit with the huts, yeah. and then of course the Sith meditation sphere when that returns. Um, but it's something that's kind of cool, and I hope Star Wars canon kind of gives ships an era like that as well. Yeah. Like, there's also the uh, the solar sail on Dooku's... Yes, smoke. that's right. So A lot of them look like they're made out of rocks, almost. Like, yeah. they're... Yeah. Very, very cool. And it's... Yeah. Uh, it's it's Because it's easy for Star Wars to kind of just, you know, make something original trilogy aesthetic, because that's what everyone knows. But, uh... Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely a bold step, and I'm I'm a fan of it. Yeah. So any, I think that covers most of the, uh, most of this plot. So any any other last thoughts on that before we move on to our next? <clears throat> I will segment? say I, I forgot they had the Sith symbol so early on. Um, he gets it on his head. Um, yeah. The, a lot of the Sith, uh, I guess they 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 put aside the whole "I need to be branded with this" later on. Yeah, and because, earlier you know, on, I don't think many others have it. Yeah, I mean, especially when uh, they do the rule of two and half it's supposed to be uh, operating, you know, in the shadows. Probably not great to like have to pretend you fell on a hot iron every time before you go out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, normal folks don't get branded. Although I guess if someone really challenges on it. You want it, you can just be like, wow, that's a pretty ignorant thing to say. <laughs> you don't know my culture. Sith? <laughs> wow, okay. That's what you think. <laughs> they are very prone to to that. Mm-hmm. It's like when uh, they go to arrest uh, Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith, and the book, he's like, I'm not a Sith, but even if I was, don't be racist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, Sith is a religion. <laughs> it's more complex than that. <laughs> but it... They're both in this one, so... Yeah. Yeah. It, it does seem like we've... They try to set it up as more of the, the hierarchy between like the, the Jedi who took over and then the, mm-hmm. the Sith species, but it looks like everyone's all... Kind yeah, of and I, I, I don't know if, like... I, I kind of wonder whether there was something else originally planned because they all look like the hybrids. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it seems like it evolved even over the course of this, but especially yeah. since this is a prequel, you'd think that some of that would have been yeah. established yeah. a bit more. But anyways. Especially because they are clear. It, it's it's a bit weird, too, because they're, they're very clear, like, when talking about the Jedi, that, um, like, they are just regular dark Jedi who left, so there's no reason yeah. that... Um, all the also i will be right back my kid just woke up okay right, yeah so i think that's uh that's most of what we're going to be talking about for the golden age of the sith we do have a bunch of questions to get through uh, or to get to and i've got my first glup appreciation award segment uh so i'll probably once justin's back we'll we'll go back into the the glup appreciation award and then we'll get to the questions uh, yeah, I, I think that sounds right. Jason did. You gotta expect it with that family, though. But it's it's a thing that happens with the with Star Wars, where they they all just become Sith eventually. So, oh, here he is. Here they are. 
We've got a, a special guest appearance. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm on single dad duty today, <laughs> but we can keep going. All right. Uh, so yeah, I guess uh, unless unless she has any thoughts on on the Golden Age of the Sith, we can move on to the Glupshido Appreciation Award and then Imogen to... thoughts. Golden Age of the Sith. Honestly, really bad take. <laughs> <For her>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's go on to the Glupshido Appreciation Award. I'm curious on who you picked. So I don't know if this is going to be too high profile or if picking three characters was was too strong of a take here. But do you have okay, any guesses I, based on that? Three three characters. What were you going to say before? That? I was going to say. I made this argument the other day that the ultimate glup shitto is actually Admiral Akbar. Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. Just so I, I think we're on, I think we're going to be on the same page. But three, Cantina Band. Mm -mm. Um, this is this is from books. Oh, it from start books. As a, it didn't start as a, a movie character, hmm. which may be getting away from the intent. But no, no, that's fine. Um, do you have another hint? I feel like any hint I have would, would give it away. All right, go ahead. Let's, so, let's hear it then. We are going to be talking about the directors or Second Mistake Enterprises. The what? Also known as the Squibs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot. Okay. That's a good one. All right, let's hear let's hear about the Squibs. These these guys are fun. So these are three characters that periodically throw throw up, show up throughout the uh, the later expanded universe, mostly in stuff by Troy Denning, though they do get used a little bit in other places. So they are three members of the squib species from Score, the planet S-K-O-R. These are Amala, Sly, and Grease. And if you are wondering what they look like, picture the most uh, like generic fursuit that you can, like what you'd think would be just like the the standard if if someone was trying to explain what a furry was to someone else what that like what would the, look the image like. fox news would use yeah <laughs> and it's basically that so they these little blue furry rabbit horse things and they show up for i think they show up first both chronologically and uh publishing wise in kill in uh rather tattooing ghost where mm -hmm. han and leia are looking for this picture uh, or a painting uh han mm. wants to give it to leia because it's about like the the killick mounds on alderaan and the the famous concept art the squibs aka the directors are there looking for it as well they're like pretending to work together but then the squibs decide they can they can sell the the painting to the imperial remnant for even more even more money very the these three are very greedy they yep. end up not getting along super well with our with our solo heroes uh, and you'd think at the end of Tatooine Ghost, like, oh, we've seen, we've seen the end of them, and you haven't because these were <laughs> critical characters to bring back. Very critical. <laughs> uh, I think their next appearance is in the Dark Nest books. I always thought they were in NJO for some reason, but they're not. Uh, like I, I kept thinking they showed back up in NJO. They survived the Vong War crucially. Mm -hmm. They they had to because uh, they are very important characters for the rest of Star Wars. And for kind of like throughout Dark Nest and Legacy of the Force, and I think I don't think they show up in Fate of the Jedi. 
I, they might. I don't think they do. Which one is Apocalypse in? Uh, Apocalypse is Fate of the Jedi. Okay, well, then they do. They show up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so basically, if you've read Legacy of the Force, and, uh, what stands out to most people is how Karen Travis's uh, <laughs> books from that period really insert the Mandalorians and make them very prominent, which makes it a lot easier for Troy Denning's squibs to get under the radar because they just they come in all the time. Is it possible that like that's like a Troy Denning self-insert? You did mention how kind of fursuit-esque they look. I'm looking at the picture, too, and I also noticed they're wearing loincloths. Do that mean they have, like, regular, like, penises under there? I think they do. Like, I, yeah. I don't think Troy Denning's a furry, and I don't want anyone to come away from this discussion thinking that either of us have anything against furries. There's absolutely nothing wrong no, with furries. No, I do. That's no, I think there's the... something wrong with... I'm just joking. <laughs> Uh, okay. That's just the only no, way to describe totally them visually, where it's the yeah. the, the typical. Uh, they look like yeah, they they look like for like they look like something they look that like someone a fursona would pay someone. That, yeah, yeah, for like someone would commission that art on Twitter for their custom blue fursona. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look like okay. Go to the go to the. Uh, can you please go to the Squib Wikipedia page and then scroll down to the behind the scenes bit because that like it's just that is a furry like that's not. A Star Wars thing. That's just a furry there. In behind the scenes... At the very bottom. But that, that section does also note, and um, <laughs> Troy Denning, he includes this... I, th I think you've talked about this before. But he, he just seemed to really like the squibs, because they are originally from a very old West End games book, Scavenger yeah. Hunt from 1989. So that's obviously yeah, he didn't invent he didn't invent squibs. He just includes the directors, the three directors specifically. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we're mostly talking about Amalus Lyingrees, not uh, mm -hmm. not the squibs as a whole. But, mm -hmm. uh, but they're yeah, sort so, of like uh, they're the kind of creatures you'd imagine like three of them like in a like a, a long coat with like a top hat on, like trying to sneak into an eighteen plus movie. <laughs> unless they're in the eighteen plus movie. But yeah. this is I'll put it up on stream so people can see the <laughs> the art but but yeah so they they show up in dark nest and dark nest is about the bugs as well uh so anything killer related they come up in so in dark nest they are doing shipping between the galactic alliance and the colony which is the the killick stuff so uh i don't know if it's ever explicitly set up but i would like to pause it here that uh that the way they found the colony was via killick twilight they got they got taken oh. in there by that. Uh, it's not like just that because theory. that Troy Denning just likes writing about <laughs> squibs and bugs, but <laughs> squibs and bugs and Lemurar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so what the the Killicks are doing via Gree Amal and Sly, and there's there's they each have their own different personalities. I don't want to group mm -hmm. them together too much here. They're they're their own self actualized individuals. They love but gambling. I remember they they do. And they were trying to... Anything that they were shipping out to other insectoid species in the galaxy, uh, it was kind of... There were usually Killicks hidden in it, and they almost <laughs> Trojan horse took over a New Republic fleet this way. It was a huge mess. But it also mm -hmm. meant that a lot of the insectoid species in the galaxy were like, hey, we should all join the Killicks. So big problem with that. Uh, eventually, Han and Leia got them shut down, and they did not appreciate this. So I think... Most of their plot, from what I can remember throughout Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi, uh, was that they, after having their shipping thing shut down, like, 
four to ten years earlier in Dark Nest, they were taking out basically uh, they were trying to put out hits on all of the solos, and none of this went well. But this is also at the point where like Jason's becoming chief of state slash Sith Lord. <laughs> and I think they still had a hit out on him at that point. I'm making up a lot of these later parts just from memory. Because the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm remembering how ridiculous the storyline gets. But it all sounds right to me, so if it's not strictly what happened, it's close enough. This was harder to research than I expected, because a lot of it is not on Wikipedia (laughs) uh, for some reason. And the pages they do have on Wikipedia for them are very poorly written. So -hmm. this is mostly me So what you say is they're in need of a hero. So once we get to to Darkness and it and beyond this is this is going to be most of what we're tracking but that yeah. is my that is my glup shadow appreciation award it was great Corey. thank you very much um are we gonna do it every week or every two weeks uh, we try to do it every week let's do let's not do it next week we'll do okay. it on like the on like the off weeks where we're not talking about a book okay it, it can take some time yeah yeah i like that okay it's cool like we're doing so comics when we're doing shows we can yeah okay great so guys if if you've got somebody that you would like us to maybe talk about for glup shadow i mean i think the part of the point is that we surprise each other with it but still it's possible uh let us know but uh do we have any emails or anything we want to go through Corey? Or uh, we do have that? a few emails that uh that i wanted to bring up here i mostly tried to pick the ones that were directly related to uh tales of the jedi like usual there are a few that are more related to either Obi-Wan stuff, which we're going to have its own episode for, so I've started that, or NJO, specific book questions. I've started mm-hmm. that as well, so we'll get to those when we get to them. Our first question is, uh, it's not actually related to to Tales of the Jedi, but it, 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 it is important to talk about, it is from Tyler and the Galaxy RPG crew, who say... Long-time listener, first-time questioner, I run a Star Wars RPG podcast, and a lot of your headcanon and comments are a huge influence on the way I've built my universe. The one thing I really want to include is the Winter slash Akbar love story, but I'd love to know where you would have had it go if it were more text as opposed to subtext. Well, I honestly think it... I mean, we talked one time about how it kind of made its way into text in the original Essential Characters Guide. Mm-hmm. Um... But I don't know, like, I think Akbar's busy man, Winter's a busy woman. I think, you know, they would have been happy. I don't see kids in their future, uh, even adopted kids. Um, I, I think that they would have been just happy having each other to go home to at night after, you know, days running the military or days, you know, caring for all the solo children. Um, and... I think then after they retire, they probably would have just spent some time traveling the galaxy, um, you know, kind of like the rich people that never have kids. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of my headcanon. I think it's it's best off kept in, in the subtext. I I think it loses a lot of its magic if it comes out. And mm-hmm. Like we need Tycho to be able to to live his yeah. happy life as well. Like it, yeah. Everyone's happier the way it was. I think it's like, I think like for Tycho, Akbar would be like, you know, your wife dated one really awesome dude before you and like Loki, you'll never kind of compare like, like that for like, that's like, he's got that and it's Akbar. Yeah. 
and like before, occasionally during and after really but yeah occasionally during sex like winter will say like give me your flipper or something he'll be like what <laughs> <laughs> smack me with your flipper what <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah She's like really. She really, really likes salt water. Like she always wants to go to the beach. I don't know. The fact that you're saying this with your daughter just sitting on your. <laughs> she can't understand that yet. She's too little. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for the question, Tyler. Our next question comes from Norman, who says, "I'm so excited for you guys to talk about the Golden Age of the Sith. It's one of my favorite eras from the expanded universe, and it's what introduced me to the expanded universe." I love whenever it gets called back into other stories, especially the Cult of Ragnos and Jedi Academy game, but how do you two feel uh, yeah. about such callbacks? Do you think they make the setting feel deeper, or do they make it too dense? I can't imagine most readers immediately knew uh, what the Sith meditation sphere was when it showed up with Lumaya. Um, I, I think in the Cult of Ragnos is a good one. That's from uh, Jedi Academy, right? It's Jedi Academy that's from, right? Yeah, it's, yeah uh, because it's Rosh. And, yeah, yeah, Rosh gets that. Um, yeah, and for that in the Meditation Sphere, like, I think both of those, the Meditation Sphere is in Fate of the Jedi, uh, in both of those, I think there's enough context yeah. for, like, people, it's a Sith Meditation Sphere, it explains this was an old Sith ship that seeks out Sith, so if you know what it is, you get a little extra, a lot extra, and you appreciate kind of the design, um, and with, like, the Cult of Ragnos thing, it's like, oh, long dead Sith Lord, powerful scepter, like, yeah. It, it, it's pretty clear about that. So if you know the extras, it's really just a little bonus. Yeah, I don't think they're like, I think most people's experience with Mark Ragnos is probably from Jedi Academy. Uh, yeah. Like without having necessarily seen any of the other stuff. And I don't think there's anyone who, who leaves Jedi Academy feeling like they were lost and didn't know what anyone that was. So I think those are all handled really well. And that's kind of what I like my, my callbacks to be like. And I think James Lucino does a lot of this really well in books, in the book side as well. Uh, where mm -hmm. he'll make a lot of callbacks, but you can just as happily go through all of it, not realizing that this character had done uh, random stuff in 30 other books. Uh, where it mostly runs into problems is when you do require that background knowledge. Yeah. Or if it gets into the galaxy feeling like too small a place, where like the same character that has no reason to really show up in the same place ends up everywhere. But like mm -hmm. Marco Ragnos having been Lord of the Sith, trying to come back. He's a pretty life, big, he's a pretty important dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I was joking earlier about how he shows up a lot in a lot of places and gets too much credit. But, like, the places he shows up individually, they, they all make sense for what he is. Mm -hmm. It's not like he, like, everyone suddenly knows who he is or something. Or, like, Luke starts his academy and he walks in the door the first day. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. But thank you, Norman. Yeah, good question. Next question comes from Preston, who asks, What would be the most interesting what-if scenario for Star Wars? I think it would be interesting if Obi-Wan was able to turn Anakin back to the light side on Mustafar. Mm. I think Luke joining Vader for me is the most interesting one. In episode. We kind of get that in Dark Empire for a bit, though. Yeah, that's true. But Vader, or... Because, I mean, Luke and Vader would have tried to overthrow Palpatine, I guess. Yeah. So, like, whether they could have or not, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I I I really enjoy for what ifs. I really enjoy. I don't like doing them myself, but I find it really fun to to read the like the official one. I wish Star Wars would do a what if like Marvel did. I thought that series was really cool. Even as someone who's like not the the biggest MCU guy, like I thought the what if series was really cool and well made. 
I think for me to be what if Anakin didn't die, like Anakin Solo. Ah, uh, yeah. I think that changes one. a lot. But yeah, that that is a really good one. I was thinking more movies, but there's definitely some cool, some cool. I think maybe like you could do some cool what ifs, like what if Thrawn survived or. What if Dex's diner had been shut down for health code violations when Obi Wan went to check on where Camino was? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the and I'm sure we've, we'll read these at some point. But the Infinity's comics are pretty fun as well. Mm-hmm. They're you know they they take them to the max, but that's kind of how you got to do it. I think. Yeah, like Qui Gon surviving coming up in chat. That's another that could be mm, that's a good one. Yeah, a lot of the coolest ones are kind of like wish fulfillment on shutting down the conflict that leads to everything turning to shit though yeah like a lot of them end up being like roll credits like what if anakin had been granted the rank of master and then it's just like title (laughs) roll credits yeah one that i kind of was thinking about for this podcast was what if plagueis survived and like was behind the scenes with sidious the whole time um like what if they had actually been like the duo that plagueis thought they were yeah. Rather than Palpatine's kind of stringing him along the entire time, I and I maybe not as successful, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Vader would have maybe had all his limbs. What if Vader just had all his limbs? What if he didn't fall into into mm-hmm. lava? That could be cool too. Someone saying five surviving and like, I don't think Palpatine would have ever let five survive. Like. He might have survived that one situation, but he would have met his end eventually, I think, before he really convinced everybody. But Yeah. Uh so thank you, Preston. Alright. The last question for the day is from Ethan who says, Dark greetings, Corey and Eck. Hope you guys are having a good one. After watching the book of Boba Fett, I think there could be a show or limited series focused around a Mandalorian clan or multiple clans in their various jobs, nomadic lifestyle, kind of like a Sons of Anarchy, but with Mandos instead of bikers. I also think there's potential for stories set in the sequel era about the Mandalorians defending their region of space from the First Order. What do you guys think? I've had enough of the Mandalorians. I'm not a huge Mandalorian guy. Um, I'm sure it could be good. I like Sons of Anarchy, um, but that show kind of struggles with the fact that... I actually really like the first few seasons of that show, but it struggles with the whole thing that many shows like that do where it's how are you going to make action scenes stretched out for four plus seasons um and yeah i i, I don't need any more mandalorian stuff I, I think i'm good yeah i think enough of the background stuff could just be left to source books and like we're getting so much mandalorian content in the mandalorian and other mandalorian stories and like they've come up so much in rebels and in mm-hmm. uh, and you got the Django clone stuff and i'd rather if i, th- I think canon is probably due to explore that at some point as well Mm -hmm. so i'm good yeah like there's gonna be a lot more coming in with uh like mando season three obviously but also just like background and other shows so i think that's gonna be more than enough mando for me yeah i think the clone wars maybe demystified the mandalorians a bit too much for my liking as well but eh, a lot of people like that so but it is what it is all right that's going to do it for this week's episode next week we are going to be reading star wars brotherhood by mike jen uh so week after that probably kenobi and we will get back to the njo as soon as we can after that yeah probably the week after that most likely we'll keep you all posted on how that happens you can follow us on twitter at tap calf transmissions for more updates on any episode changes or 
changes to the schedule. Yep. You can email your questions to tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. You can also leave reviews on any podcast platforms. Tell, much, tell us how much you like or hate us. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I'm going to do a roundup for next week. So if you want to, if you want us to read your review on the podcast, we most likely will, uh, if it's good, should we, should we try to have them work a word in? Um, no, cause we always forget what the word was. Yeah, I suppose just if, if you could work the word slug in, I'd be happy, but you know, do what you can. Oh shit. I, I think I was in studio mode the entire time I had the, the squib picture up. Yeah, it's not up. I just looked on screen. Well, I removed uh, it a while ago, but I I just realized you never that made I the transition. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Oh well. They can Google it. Well, I I can turn keep, it on keep right that now. keep that furry trash off I'll of just, here. I'll just turn it on right now. That, that, that that's a squid. Okay. But yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week. Yeah. No X two stream tonight, by the way, guys. But we will be. Making our grand return tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm going to be so. doing a 12-hour stream starting oh, at like yeah. 4.30 p.m. And then I'm going to be joined by Eck and Charlie at around uh, probably like 8 or 9. What's on the schedule? I, obviously Empire War. What else? I'm going to do some Empire War multiplayer. I'm probably going to do some RimWorld. Uh, I'm going to try to work in a few things before you guys join. Then I think we're doing Fortnite when you guys are there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to move to something else. Then we'll me and Charlie will probably play League after you go to bed until he falls asleep, so maybe half a game of League. And <laughs> then I'll probably do some GeoGuessr until the end. Are you good so, at that? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm not yeah. I'm not It always blows my mind when someone sees like a path and they're like, Yep, this is Sri Lanka. Okay. Like I I've been playing a lot with Dana and there was one where we got like so you usually do like five rounds in the game. And mm-hmm. we were doing a, a Canada one. It's like one. whoever has, has the fewest overall kilometers, whatever. Well, it's, uh, we would, like play it together. So both oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. So uh, there were two rounds in one of the ones where we got put in like the Niagara region. And it weren't, <laughs> it wasn't areas that I had really been to. Well, mm-hmm. one was right outside my parents' old shop. That was easy. <laughs> oh, wow. But then there was one that was like uh, down a side street in Fort Erie. Mm-hmm. And which is like a smaller town just outside of Niagara, uh, like a little bit south of it. And I'd never been there. The place we were put made it look like we were just off in the middle of nowhere. But we were like right next to a major street. But as soon as we got there, I was like, no, this feels kind of depressing, but also kind of like I feel at home here. And I, I, I just nailed it off. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way whenever I see a Dartmouth uh, strip mall. I'm like uh, this, this is like you know economic decay, but also I probably hung it with my friends in a uh, eating McDonald's here before. <laughs> All right, but that's our that's it for the Geo Guesser of the Week show. Thanks for listening. Bye. Everybody.